Hey, toy family! Welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. And I'm George Gaspar. Teresa, you almost missed all of October. Welcome back. I don't, I didn't almost miss it, did I? Has it been that long? It's been that long. It's been uh, about three weeks. Yeah, I think. Well, Man. okay. I looked at the Marsham. You you were on the October first release. But then you didn't actually record until like September 27th. So, yeah, this is your first October recording. Well, glad I slipped right in there. What have you been up to? Uh, well, I uh, I have what I call a hell house right now because <laughs> my it's Halloween, so that's that's fitting. Hell house. Yeah, I wish it was because I decorated for Halloween. I've just been dealing with house issues, roof leaks, plumbing issues. It's been very. Uh, hectic so i've been kind of dealing with not so fun things that and and between that and work it's been a little crazy so but i'm glad to be able to slip back in get a little uh podcast chatting in amongst all the crazy well it's nice having you back and let me ask you this i know a little bit about your plumbing issues i know this happened like two or three weeks ago and i know that you're still without water in your house (laughs) this all happened like three days after you booked your plane and hotel for designer con and uh, all of that's non-refundable so yes if this occurred before you booked DesignerCon, do you think you still would have gone to DesignerCon? Great question. I don't know. You know, I probably would have really debated it. But the reason, I mean, I, I got kind of lucky. I had some some gift cards and stuff that I was able to use to help um, pay for my trip. So it wasn't a ton out of pocket for me. So I don't know. It, it, it hurts a little um, because... Normally when I go to these events, I just kind of go crazy and I don't care about budget and I just buy a bunch of stuff. So it'll be interesting this year to see how well I do with, with budgeting or if I'm more cautious. I don't know. It's going to be different. I mean, things have been so crazy. I literally haven't even, you know, I know we talked with Kat like a while back about planning like spreadsheets and notes and like all this stuff and not, I haven't had time to really do any of that. But then again, like DesignerCon is one of those things where I feel like I don't know if it's like an artist thing or what, but so many reveals tend to happen like right before the event. So I'm probably really not that behind anyway. Yeah, I reached out to the stomping ground this week for, you know, what can we talk about this week? And they're we'll do the designer con thing. I'm like, there's been hardly any mentions of drops for designer con yet. So I imagine next week's going to be pretty heavy with all that stuff. And then maybe next week's recording, we can start doing some designer con stuff. Yeah, well, I think that's it's. I think it's just a thing. Like, I don't know if it's a hype thing or just like a artist wrapping up their work thing, but it just never seems like even like San Diego and Comic-Con and other places. I feel like all the news kind of hits that like week before. So it'll be interesting to see all the news hit and what all I see. But I don't know. I might have to be tight on the budget this year, but I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm just going to say screw it and just have fun uh-huh. <laughs> or if I'm going to try to be a responsible adult. <laughs> Be somewhat we'll responsible. You do have holidays like just around the corner too. I like, know. You got to buy George well, and I a nice Christmas gift. It's part of being on the show. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the heads up. We're I'll having... get you something. What about what about a uh, honey baked ham? <laughs> I'll take it. No, actually, I do love honey baked ham. They're expensive, what? so buy me a buy me a large one. It's good. It fit, fits with the theme of the show. It it's does. delicious. It's basically, the logo. <laughs> right. Maybe at Decon, we need to sit and the three of us go eat some ham together for, for the sake of the go. podcast. I, I do love me some ham, so sounds good. <laughs> All right, so how about we start off with some leaks and sneak peeks? Let's do it. Sure. 
All right, Teresa, since you've uh, been gone for a while, how about ladies first? Okay, I could do that. Like you said, I think we're, we're kind of holding off on some decon news right now, but um, I think we've talked about this toy before. I don't... Oh, my gosh, and now my dog's about to bark. Sorry. Chamaco. <laughs> I don't know why she's... I'm kind of creeped out because it's, it's dark. Bailey. Come on, bad timing. Come on. If something bad could All happen, right. George, and we're actually on the call. That would pretty, be weird. That would be weird. Come on now, don't say things like that. No, but we can help solve your crime here. Whatever's <laughs> going on over there. <laughs> detective. You got some, no, you got some strong witnesses right here. No, like bad timing, stop. Oh, you know what, Gary, I forgot I was going to introduce myself as George Garspar today. <laughs> I yes. totally forgot. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> What's this backstory on this? Well, I I did a promo image for last week, and I uh, I made a typo, and it made it all the way through all the social media posts. So he was a uh, George Garspar in our, a promotional material this week. <laughs> George Garspar, here we go. I didn't even catch that. No, neither did I. I didn't right, catch well. it till the second time I looked at it, so it's okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, George Garspar. All right. Well, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is a toy we've talked about before, I think. It's uh, Joby the Moon Fox. Um, and it's that fox character created by OK Luna. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh, kind of like a, a larger Sofubi figure with the fox arms kind of on its side. And um, they actually finally did, they've been doing a lot of different, uh, more kind of clear colorways of this figure um and they finally did um, an og colorway for it and kind of like a fox orange and um they originally sold it at taipei toy festival just a little bit ago um and it sold out and they've actually come back and they're going to do a worldwide pre-order release so everyone can have a chance to order the joby moon fox i think the pre-order opens on november 1st um, and there's retailers, honestly, across the globe selling it. In the U.S., My Plastic Heart will have it. And in the U.K., Cory Cory. Um, but if you go to uh, Toy Chronicle, there's a blog post there with, like, a whole big list. And uh, OK Luna's Instagram also has the giant list of all the different places that are selling it. But it's pretty exciting because I think it's one of those figures that has been really hard to get a hold of since they seem to be sold mostly at conventions. So now that's a chance to get one for yourself. And it's a cute colorway. It is, but didn't you get one of these from Taipei Toy Fest? Like, just someone picked it up for you? So, I mean, I, I think it's sold out there. So how does it feel now to know that something you had mule, it's sold out. You're probably, probably pretty excited to obtain it. And now it's going to be made more widely available via, like, a worldwide pre-order. I think, I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know if it's just, like, a misinterpretation or what, but it can be frustrating sometimes to kind of be chasing a thing and not really sure if they're going to turn around and release it again in a different way so but it's still exciting i think it's good that finally the figure is being sold wider so more people can get their hands on it because i know we've talked about in the past how like it almost sounds like this is sort of similar to what um hikari bambi and Teresa chiba did with their figures where they kind of created an original colorway and tried to make it pretty widely available so it seems like this is going to be a way to get uh, your hands on one if you haven't been able to yet. So I think that's good. And to be fair, this looks different than that other release. Like it doesn't look. Yeah, it looks 
I know it looks similar in color, but this is more of a, there's almost like a translucency to it. Like it's a, there's like a translucency to the orange. Yeah, I know that too. And it doesn't look like, it, it doesn't come with that little jar, right? I have no idea. I mean, I saw in the the promo, it had, huh. one had a jar and the other one didn't. You're right. One had more of like a very opaque look to it. And the other one had like a, like a semi-transparency. Like it, it had like sprays too. I think that gave it that, maybe it was just the sprays that give it that transparency feel. Yeah. All right. Y'all got me looking at this now. I hadn't really noticed those slight differences, but you're right. The one with the pre-order is, it's almost got like a gradient to it. Plus the like little blue tips on kind of like the uh, ends of its, uh, like yeah, on the ends of his cheeks there. Yeah, you're right. It is stiff. Oh my gosh. I wonder if it is clear. Huh? So it looks like it's probably a little bit translucent. Like, you know, it doesn't look like it's translucent like the, some of those earlier ones, but it's definitely different than that Taipei toy release one. Well, shoot, maybe I want both now. See, now you got something special when you got that other one. Now you got to order the new one, too. Well, shoot, George, I don't got no extra money right now. I got plumbing to fix. <laughs> Save it should I have coming. water in my house or should I have toys? Toys. I don't know. <laughs> By the toys, oh, cool. that, you know, toys will float too, so they'll help give you a little raft when your house starts filling up with water. Oh, geez. <laughs> Don't even. I. And you know what I'm seeing here too, Teresa, is any customers who do pre order this through any of the stores, it's, it's a one week pre order from Wednesday, November 1st to Wednesday, November 8th. And uh, anyone who orders it during that period, you will also receive a nice little Joby pin as a gift. Cool. It's, it's fun that they made it a slightly uh, different release. That maybe makes me a little more excited for it uh, it's hard to tell too if it's like a open pre-order or or what so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they'll just take however many people order or if or if stores will kind of sell out so that'll be interesting to see too i did reach out to vin and my plastic heart and he did say it's an open pre-order only during that one week period so you know it's not mm-hmm. limited to only 20 for his store or whatever so however many are ordered those orders will be fulfilled so, cool that's awesome yeah i like when people do that yeah. What else you got, Teresa? All right. So the second thing, and you mentioned Vin and My Plastic Heart. So My Plastic Heart is welcoming back Kanatsu, who is a Japanese artist. Um, and they're going to have another exhibition. Uh, it starts November 3rd, and it's going to run through November 26th. Um, and last year, this is one of those shows that, like, makes me super sad. I don't live closer to New York. Even though I know I'm on the east side, it's still not like I can just get there very easily. But what's really, really cool is uh, they always have custom figures as well as exclusive figure releases. And then Kanatsu actually comes in town and she'll do live painting and, and um, sketches and stuff for people while she's there during the opening weekend. So I think that's really cool. One of these days, I feel like I got to get to one of these events because being able to meet her and, and get something from her like that would be really cool. So that, I think that's a really exciting event. And they've um, my plastic cart has been leaking like a few different sneak peeks of the different figures that are going to release, not the customs, but more of the. Um, exclusive mm-hmm. runs they're going to have. My personal favorite is uh, they just released, Kanazi just created this newer Nagora figure called Fluffy Nagora. And it's like a chubby, fluffier version of the traditional Nagora figure. And 
I mean, dare I say, so cute. It is, it's got these like super cute bug eyes and I don't know, you just want to reach in and squeeze it. But she released one other version that's kind of like a gray cat, but the one at My Plastic Heart is going to be this really pretty pearl white color with some um, like uh, purple and blue accents on it. It's really, really cute. So I don't know. I hope I, I'm hoping that they have enough that they don't sell at the event and are able to put a few online. So I'm able to try and get one. I don't know. Kanatsu's popular. I know, but I have to. I have. I have to have faith. I have to have faith. But I, I think it's super exciting. They're able to get her back over. I know it was a super great, um, successful event last year. So I'm sure it'll be great again this year. Um, so yeah, I'll just I'll live through other people. I look forward to seeing all the photos of people go and and what she creates during her custom painting and live painting sessions. So yeah, yeah. awesome. It'll be cool. Uh, George, we gonna do some couch funding. Yeah, we are. Let's couch fund this thing. Uh, first one up is a toy, um, and it's a one twelfth, which is six inch scale, super articulated action figure blanks. Um, and they're actually starting off with skeletons. So basically, it's a six inch scale skeleton action figure. Okay. Which I think is awesome. Um, if they get to a certain goal, they're gonna unlock the male form which is just like a muscular superhero looking male body. And then I, they've teased like way down in there that they'll do a female form if they get to a certain goal too. So we'll see how far they get, but just look up cryptid toys or just look up six inch scale, super articulated action figure blanks. They're 22 bucks for one figure plus probably plus shipping. Um, but that's kind of the price of six inch scale figures these days. Like even in, even in the store, they're you know twenty bucks each, so right. it's it's not too high to ask. Uh, you know, I love skeletons, so I had to jump in on this thing. Are they stylized at all, or is it basic human anatomy scale? They're pretty much human anatomy. I mean, they're they're not trying to get they're they're not stylized the way my skeleton was when I did the skeleton warriors thing, which okay. was a little cartoony stylized version. Um, this is a little more straight up, trying to be. I think they're trying to act like if you want to sculpt your own figures, like if you want, if you're a customizer and you do six inch figures, this would be a good thing to kind of sculpt over top of. I, I don't know if it would really work like that because like, I don't know if the joints would work the same once you build up all the stuff around it. But um, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just be cool to have a, an army of six inch skeletons on my shelf. So I'm down. Yeah. It's very Halloween-esque too, George. Sure, that's right in. That's why I planned that. Yeah, I like the. They have all these different poses. Um, with like its mouth open. Like, maybe you should make a little animation out of yours, George. Like your little skeleton talking and moving around, going yeah, after sure, I, got other to- I got time for that. You got homework assignment, George. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I'm It'd good. Fun. <laughs> um, and then there's a uh, just another quick one to go for is not. Uh, not toy related, but it's kind of in our field. Um, do you do you ever hear of the guy named Will Vinton? Does that name ring a bell to you guys? Not to me. He was no. uh, he was the guy that uh, did the California raisins, like the the claymation. Oh, okay. Um, oh. And he used to have a studio, Will Vinton Studio. I actually applied there when I first moved, like when I was first getting into special effects and all that stuff. Um, I don't even. I think it was like in Portland or somewhere. I'm trying to remember where it was. I don't even remember. It was a long ass time ago. But someone is doing a documentary on Will Vinton, 
which cool. is awesome. He's been in this. He's been doing this stuff. I mean, obviously, since California Raisins, and you know, there's that whole. There's a ton of that stuff from from his past. Uh, the Noid. You remember the Noid? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Avoid the Noid. So that that was this guy, and uh, he's a he's got a sweet mustache, and uh, they're raising money to do a documentary on him. Nice. Huh. The, I don't know if it's going to get there. It's it's not going very fast right now, but they still have, you know, a little over a week when this goes out, a little over a week to go and you know, hopefully they can raise some money. Everybody jump in and get like a get a digital copy or something. Remind me, George, was the noise was that for Domino's? Uh, was it Domino's or Pizza Hut? It was It was Domino's. I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was around the time of Max Headroom and all the, a lot of good commercial characters came out during the 80s. Yeah, mo- most I don't remember, but I remember California Raisins simply because back in PE, we would do these, like, I don't know if you all did it, but, like, did you all have to do, like, end of the year, like, performances for your parents from, like, PE or anything like that? Because nope. we totally did a California Raisins dance, and we were wearing, like, big white gloves and like doing the dance to the California Raisin song. That's the only reason I remember it. And I'm sure, honestly, I could dig up a VHS in my mom's place of us doing that dance. I'm sure it exists because I we, we need to see that, please. Yeah, please, yeah. I'll, I'll look <laughs> it up. If I find it, if I find it, maybe I will. Uh, I'll share it. I'll, I'll have to watch it first and see if it's uh, <laughs> how embarrassing it is. No, no, don't 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 bother watching yeah, it first. Just, just post it right online. Send on over. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's your homework assignment. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. She actually sent us like a digital version. She went through and like took all our VHSs as kids and, and digitized them and put them all on a smart hard drives for us. So yeah, smart. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. See if that baby's on there. Cause there's some good ones on there from all sorts of stuff, but yeah. So I got, I know those California raisins. I remember that. Okay. Well, I think this would be a really cool movie to see. I, I, I'm interested. In, you know, I've, I like the art of stop motion itself, so I think it's be fun to see. So, just check out uh, "Welcome to My Daydream." You can type that into Kickstarter. All right, good couch fun shorts. All right, it's my turn. And so, what I did this week is I thought I turned mine and my leaks and sneak peeks into a little game. George, last week that you know we were talking with uh, Eric Alton, uh, aka Sad Salesman. And uh, I don't know, I don't remember how it came about, but we talked about it would be fun to take blog posts, throw them into Babblefish, and then to kind of read them that way. So mine, what I did was I went to the couple blogs, I found something, I put it into Babblefish, I had it translated into Japanese, then I had that Japanese translation translated back to English. So I'm going to read it to you, and then you guys try to guess what I'm talking about. <laughs> are, are we okay. guessing a, to- a toy name or an artist name or both both just try to guess what what the thing is that i'm describing and it's gonna right. it's gonna sound like i don't know how to read i promise i do know how to read but this is jacked up translation it's not regular <laughs> english so you'll see what i mean when i read so here we go first one mistletoe is a cheerful old kid robot hang in the chimney would be soon you can get this holiday season by drinking and merriment straight crunk. It's the crunk dunny. The, there you the, go. Uh, the Christmas pudding. Christmas nice. pudding. What that really meant to say was the mistletoe has been hung by the chimney with care in hopes that jolly old kid robot will soon be there. This holiday season, why drink and be merry when you can get straight crunk. 
So nice. Um, I like your poem, Gary. You like that? I didn't write that. I'm sure that's Kid Robot copy I just read right there. Oh, but... you pulled that? Oh, I thought you wrote that. Well, I'm gonna take a little of that credit no, back then. No, no, no. This is this is all <laughs> stuff I found online, and then I had it translated, and I'm gonna you know read you the oh. the babbled version, yeah. and then I'll read you the real version. So I'm thinking you you went and like took all this time, wrote the sweet poem. No, no you're just stealing. No. No, that, that's way too much time and effort. And I'm not smart enough to do that. Uh, but actually, so Kid Robot every year does an Exodus theme dunning release. And this year, the South African artist Kronk got the honor of doing the design, which uh, is actually an early Christmas gift for a lot of collectors because Kronk used to do a lot of design work for Kid Robot. But in, uh, actually, his last design was seen in 2014. It was an 8-inch uh, Madame Mayhem dunning that he did. Um, so it's really great to see Crocs return to Ken Robot, and actually his uh, holiday Dunny this year depicts what they are calling Christmas pudding, which I actually have never heard of before, so I don't know what it is, but it looks like... It's, it's British. Is it like fruitcake, It's a British thing. No, I think it's like a British thing, because Momiji made a, a Christmas pudding Momiji doll too, and I remember seeing that, and I'm like, what the heck is this? And everyone, everyone in the UK is like, oh, Christmas pudding, blah, blah, blah. So I just don't think it's a U.S. thing, okay. unless, George, you know what it is. <laughs> no, I mean, I've heard it in songs, like, right, like figgy pudding, that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm not yeah, familiar. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it. But, I mean, it kind of looks like a fruitcake with icing on top and he's got two giant red eyes and for the for the dunning ears they're like holly leaves and he has a little bottle of brandy as an accessory it's it's a really cool looking piece and it's nice to see Kronk back with kid robot so the figure's gonna release sometime in november and it's gonna run of a thousand pieces and they're gonna be 14.99 each and i think they're available for pre-order now at one of our sponsors strangecattoys.com so if you want to pre-order it head on over there now I do have one more. How do you guys want this translated to you? With stuff that might give it away or without? Without. Yeah, take it out. Make it hard. <laughs> All right. You asked for it. This is going to be a little tricky. So here's the translation. Is the cat out of the bag? Toys version is the book online. Sign of good luck for those who seeking it. Certainly international collectors. Appeared in various exhibitions. Seems you have works of art toys. What? No idea. Was it about a cat? Something about a cat. I will. You said cat. Yeah. <laughs> I did say the cat's out of the bag. I don't know. Maybe it's a literal cat coming out of the bag into your house, onto your shelf. No. <laughs> what? What are the chances of that? I don't know. I, I I'm just taking a stab, George. Taking up, take your own stab. I got no stabs. That was that was nonsense. <laughs> okay, so here's the real write up that I had translated. Here we go. The cats out of the bag. Candy Bolton time pieces of art toys. Randall Lulu Lucky Lulu edition has made it onto online pre order. Surely a sign of luck for international collectors who've been seeking out this lucky cat edition. After making appearances at various exhibitions, it looks like piece of art toys has made Randalulu Lucky Lulu available. So that's it. And that's the actual write-up is how it went down. So um, what it is, and anyone who's not familiar, is the Randalulu is a toy designed by um, amazing artist Candy Bolton, and it's being produced by Piece of Our Toys. Um, Randalulu is generally, it looks like a red panda, but in this case, uh, which is pretty cool, is it lends itself to look like 
um, a lucky cat, which is so this colorway is going to be white, and you know you can raise the hand, the paw up, and well, it just looks very much like you know an Eastern version of a, a lucky cat, and it's going to be forty nine dollars, and it's currently available for pre order through um, November. So if you head on over to playtoy.com.hk, you can pre order this for forty nine dollars. Yeah, I have to say, I, I love the articulation on this figure because I love uh, the sitting position it could be put in. It's it's cute. <laughs> I When you translated that last paragraph into what it was supposed to be, it sounded just as foreign to me as the first time you read it. <laughs> yeah, if you're not familiar with the toy itself, like just Randalulu, Lucky Lulu, just, I mean, that sounds crazy. Um that's going to wrap up Leeson Sneak Peeks. So let's take a brief moment and mention some of our sponsors. So for all your designer toy needs, wants, and desires, we have two awesome stores for you. First off, there's 3DRetro.com. And 3D Retro also has a beautiful uh, brick-and-mortar location out there in Southern California. So if you ever find yourself in the area, say this weekend at DesignerCon, maybe make a little side trip and check uh, out 3D Retro. Also, another show that we have as a sponsor is StrangeCatToys.com. So head on over to StrangeCatToys.com. Fill up that cart and use promo code. Well, actually, there's a new promo code this week. So the new promo code is DOPE, D-O-P-E. So be sure to use promo code DOPE at checkout and you'll receive 10% off your order. And for all your daily designer toy news, be sure to follow SpankyStokes.com and TheToyChronicle.com. So let's move on. I actually have a really fun uh, Monster Mash game design for later since it's Halloween. Um, before we get to that, how about we discuss... Actually, well, there's something on Facebook the last two weeks. It was started by Kirby Kerr of Road to Fuji. He's one of the owners of Road to Fuji. And really, it's uh, it's been sparked quite the conversation on Facebook. So um, all Road to F- what really what started was Kirby posted, I think we've got enough unlicensed pop culture mashup designer toys now. And that's really all he's kind of said. It's been like a blanket statement. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's too old of a thread to bring up, but that's an evergreen topic. I think we haven't, we've discussed yeah. it before, I believe. I think we have, but we can go into it a little further now. I guess I mean, now that it's been widely discussed for the past two weeks, I don't know if you stayed on top of the thread or at all. I check back, you know, every few days and see if, you know, what people are saying. So, um, so Kirby posted, he thinks that there's been enough unlicensed mashup toys and designer toys. So George, when you first read that, you know, what were your initial thoughts? Um, trying to think back to when i read this and what, what i thought at the time i i i see what he's saying i see where he's coming from um and like a few years ago i probably would have been like right on there going yeah screw that but i think it's just kind of where the, everything is gone like it, art artist alley is literally just like fan art alley And it's kind of grown into this scene as well. Like everyone kind of, it's just kind of like fan art time now. And I think that's just what people are doing. And I think, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just don't, I also don't think that that kind of stuff sticks around. It doesn't have the longevity that, that someone who's creating their own world is going to have. Now, what exactly do you think Kirby's talking about? Is he strictly he mentioned mashups? So, is he specifically talking about the mashups that we see in a lot of the bootlegs being done, or is he talking about a lot of stuff that we're seeing coming out of, like you know, of the East, a lot of um, unlicensed toys being done, like uh, a Krusty the Clown with his face on a bomb and, and and that sort of stuff? Or is it? Do you think is it kind of like a 
all-encompassing blanket statement? It's probably all of it, right? I mean, it's it's between between the the resin uh, suck lord scene. That whole thing has just become what did I like when I was little, and how can I turn it into this now? Right. You know, so it's like I, it's probably a little bit of that. Plus, there's all those like. I think aren't those Freeny ones all they're all licensed, right? Those little half and half. You know, I'm not sure, but I would have to think so. As much as they're doing, I would think at least some of the Mighty Jack stuff is properly licensed. So it's like it's probably a little bit of that, like Sycasy and stuff like that. It's like I don't know. It's just probably it's it, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be art, but it's turned it's consumer products. It's not really it's they're a little bit different. Like they're not. I know that they're all art, but they're not really the same thing when it, when it comes down to it. Um, consumer products is a very different field. Not that the people who do consumer products aren't artists or talented. It's just, it's not art and it's not really art toys, depending on what your view of the art toy scene is and what the definition, I think that's that whole big thing where no one really knows what the definition of art toy is. So it's like, who's to say that that consumer product, you know, is not art. Right. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of people are just having a tough time with the change. I mean, I I know I uh, didn't exactly like it when um, Kid Robot started licensing out the the Dunny to DC Batman series. Like, I, I always sort of felt that was, um, I don't know, I, you know, artist-based, you know, you know, an original art sort of platform. You know, it's, it's probably the more iconic toys of the toy scene. It's, you know, definitely I always sort of felt it was like symbolizes this sort of art, toy thing that's been going on for many years. I guess one of the staple toys of the scene. So when it started getting licensed out, I was like, ah, oh, that kind of sucks. It, it sort of took the, you know, the wind out of my sails a little bit, but I, I have adjusted to it. If, you know, and if it happens, it happens, but they're still continuing to do lots of, you know, cool artist series with it too. It's just, you just have to, you know, adjust to that. And then you mentioned, is it consumer art or, you know, art, art? And of course that's all subjective. It's, you know, it's, in the you know eyes of the beholder kind of sort of thing, but I think for me, I think when um, when Dove is the guy or Dove Kellimer of DKE, when he's the guy that's behind like or spearheading um, bootlegs and um, mashup toys and unlicensed stuff, I think you know when you have a guy that's that well respected in the toy scene and in that smart, I think people sort of like see that happening and go, eh, okay. We can all do it. It's it, it's acceptable if he's doing it, and I think that's one part or largely responsible why why we have so many bootlegs and mashups today. I mean, Dove is the guy, one of the guys that took um, Suck Lord under his wing, and anyone who doesn't know Suck Lord is like the godfather of bootlegs. He was the guy that was doing it before anybody else, and now there's forty, eighty, maybe a hundred guys, different people doing them. Um, and it, you know, I don't know. And when people, I think when people see that Dove's doing it, and uh, doing very well at selling them the conventions and you know whether they're good or not they're selling and people have taken notice yeah i mean it's not really hard to come up with a mashup idea you just think of a pun and put it out it's not like it's 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 not really like it's not high art or anything it's just you know but if it's if it's fun and you're having fun doing it i don't know who cares like just do it look at look at that piece like uh that kano just put out that could have easily just been unlicensed Kano design, but that's a that Bruce Lee is the one I'm talking about. But that's that's an official licensed Bruce Lee toy, right? Yeah, yeah, it is the one with toy. So cube. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, I mean, sometimes something cool can come out of it. You know, like he gets to do 
what he would have done anyway. You know, like he would have designed that figure the, the same way he designed it now, and the licensor let him do his style. You know, so that, that's, I think that kind of stuff is cool. I think if if more license holders were open to things like that. I think more of this stuff could be licensed and like if it weren't, you know, if it weren't for the huge licensing fees that are out there, like if there, if we had the opportunity, if, if a lot of these people had the opportunity to actually license it, I bet you they would, I bet you they would want to because then it's an official piece, you know, right? like who wouldn't, who wouldn't rather have an official branded, you know, whatever they're making rather than this bootleg knockoff one. I think, I think people would love to, have the official version especially if they can keep their style and do their thing and do their take but it's the, the problem is mostly licensors aren't going to do that they don't want their brand soiled or you know they don't want their their image or they're not they don't have an open mind enough to to look at what the thing is and see it for like you know see it for what the the art the art part of it is Right. You know, they just worry that like their brand is getting twisted and people are going to get it confused, you know? So I think if it, if it were open, I think more people would do it. I think, and I don't think there'd be a problem with it. So George, you talking through this idea of being able to license stuff, but still kind of design freely to your style. I mean, it reminds me a lot of what's kind of going along, um, going on in Kid Robot with like the, the Wonder Woman that Tara did and the Care Bears and all of that kind of stuff. It kind of seems like they're also trying to, to do those kind of things, similar to the Bruce Lee that Kano did, where they're getting these licensed um, products out there, but there there's some that are like the Nickelodeon release that was meant to be kind of a kid robotized version of these characters that personally I didn't think in some cases translated, but then you have the ones that are a little bit more artistic where an artist can come in and interpret a character in their own way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is of those, but it, it sounds like a similar idea that, that kid, Ro- kid robots at least trying to push and, and be open to, um, those opportunities for artists to be able to come in and, and go with a theme of a license, but put their own spin on it. Oh, and I, and I bet it's a fight for them. I bet that there's, I bet that they've had stuff that was like a wild or a way more wild idea than what it ended up being, you know, and they're probably getting turned down left and right. I can only imagine from the time that I worked in, in that kind of stuff where, you know, any little thing that's not exactly on model or anything, you know, things like that, there it's, they're so stuck in these ways of things having to look a certain way that to have an artist come in and try and re to, you know, retranslate it into something else. A lot of those people just aren't their businesses and they're not going to be open to that because they don't like, they have to protect their brand. So I bet even kid robot has had, you know, they're not, they're never going to be allowed to say, you know, because they can't badmouth the licensor and it, it would be seen as bad mouthing. But I bet you that they get turned down all the time for things that they're trying to do. And they have to, like, you know, tame it down to the to something that's acceptable for both parties. Yeah, which sucks because, I mean, I think it, we are seeing a lot of licensed stuff. And I know we've talked, you know, in a few past episodes about how there's a place for it and and potentially a need to help bring other people in, you know, to bring people in the scene. If you see something recognizable, that might be the thing that brings you in and then you discover other stuff. I think the problem is that it'd be nice to see more of that, the ability to kind of see some of the pure licensed stuff, but also spins or interpretations on them. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's a struggle I'm sure, but it's nice that at least see some cases of that where 
it's it's a unique spin on a, a character that's beneficially licensed to be able to sell. So I don't know. It's there's a lot of licensed stuff out there, and personally, it's not you know something I'm particularly interested in. But I mean, still at the same time, every now and again, something comes up that is licensed that is something that I like kind of either if it's a childhood thing or whatnot. So, I mean, I think licensing has its place. I just think it's that balance, right? Like I don't want the whole scene just to become that, you know, I want the the art and the design and the uniqueness of artists to be able to stay around. And I think it's still there. It's just, it feels like licenses is kind of coming in and overtaking it, which well. is unfortunate. I think it's just because that's what sells, and that's what we need. You know, the stores need that sort of stuff because that's what's recognizable to the to the non collectors. That's what's, you know, people walking off the street with their family and kids. That's what they're going to be buying is the stuff that they recognize. So I understand. Like we need this, you know, licensed product to help keep our stores open and help this, you know, maybe bring in new eyes to the toy scene. But I don't think. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot more apparent that yeah, there's a lot more fan art based toys, a lot more mashups. But it's it's. I think it's like being narrow-minded to say like it's, that's what's killing the toy scene and that's what's bringing it down and the toy scene sucks today because of it. And it's, it's not true. There's still a lot right. of really good original stuff being produced in conjunction with a lot of the um, you know the easier to sell non-licensed oh, yeah. license stuff. I well, totally to agree. Fair, I like that. That's a lot of the stuff that's that's sometimes the only thing that's selling is this is this you know, mashup unlicensed stuff. It's just like, I think it's kind of saved a lot of these places that, yeah, exactly. you know, that, yeah. that, that would have otherwise had nobody buying anything. You know, it's like, have, if it didn't sell, like you take a Bob's burgers and you put his, a Bob's head on a Boba Fett, like you got Bob Fett and you know, someone's <laughs> going to buy it. And it's just like, I, I don't know. Like if, if nobody would buy it, people would stop making it. So it's like, yeah. whose whose fault is it? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not the guy who's making it. He just knows it's going to sell. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, it's not that I don't have anything licensed in my collection. I don't have a ton of it. But I mean, obviously, there's certain pieces that I'm attracted to, too, because you just you'd like certain characters. I mean, it's just how it is. So I think I don't think it's I would never also want it to be the flip side where licensing completely goes away. Like, I think there's a place for it in the scene. I think it's just some people, it, it sometimes it feels like that's what I'm seeing a lot of. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, but again, I think it, there's a place for it and it pulls people in. And obviously every now and again, I see something that I like too. So I don't know. It doesn't really bother me per se, as long as the, the art side of it still stays around. I don't really see a huge problem with it. Yeah. We got to learn how, think- to, how to all get along. Don't they have, I've heard like in Japan that they have like these licenses that you can get for just like a specific convention. Like if you one day licenses. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to go to this convention to make this thing, you can get the license just to make it for that convention. Yeah. Didn't Teresa Chiba talk about that, Gary, about how for. It's been mentioned Uh, several times. Yeah. Don Dada does mention it. I think Teresa it's, it's, you know, it's widely done over uh, in the East at the conventions and stuff. So. I mean, it'd be great if we could do that here, but it's just, you know, it's not what we have in place. It's yeah. funny there. I mean, it's these, these big companies are leaving money on the table. Like there's, you know, if they're going to complain that people are making fan art, it's like, let them pay you. <laughs> you know, it's like, just put, they need to, the problem is they would need a system in place where people can apply for that kind of stuff, you know, and make yeah. it easy. Cause artists aren't, you know, the best business people. 
<laughs> no, they're not. And uh, I think it's kind of like just to each their own, you know. Like I think we need the, either the unlicensed and licensed stuff to to bring new collectors into the scene. Like collector, collectors have that mentality of wanting to collect, so of course we want them to see our stuff as well. It's like, and the pop culture is what's going to bring them in and initially take notice of our stuff. And it's not going to be easy because you know the pop culture stuff tends to be a little more. Um, more affordable. More affordable, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to jump in and instantly buy, you know, a, maybe a $65, you know, Kid Robot Carrier piece. That's that's going to be too much for the average collector just starting. So you're going to want to wean your, you know, self on uh, dunnies and stuff. But, you know, also, it's, it, but it's great to see Kid Robot product where you can look at Wonder Woman and know Tara McPherson did that or Julie West did that Care Bear. And the same thing, the same thing with, the, you know, the Kano piece. You can look at the Dragon King, and you know Kano did it. I mean, it's an artist-driven licensed piece, and that's, I mean, that's definitely what I would prefer to see more of, and it's funny, George, you mentioned um, how Artist Alley's become more more fan art, and it's just kind of like, you just mentioned Kano as well, like, so for DesignerCon this year, I mean, Kano essentially designed fan art, you know, type style badges. I mean, it's his style, but incorporating, you know, the Marvel IP, you know, characters. So it's like fan art badges for Designer con, which is which is actually pretty funny. Oh yeah, I mean it's got a superheroes theme. They, yeah. Every year has a theme, so I yeah. mean that's kind of acceptable, I guess. I mean if if you look at them, actually the badges throughout the years have had that. Have they? There's yeah, Chris Chris Lee did them one year, and they were you know there was a Skeletor, there was a Garfield, there was yeah, and I think Ragnar did them one. Uh, who, I don't know if Ragnar's had anything, but yeah, they've they they have definitely they've had pop culture. Um, essences in them in, in in each year so what was last year's because i remember getting my badge and i didn't at all if it was supposed to be licensed or based off like a character i totally didn't get it was I last year's the were... one with was the it was the marty mcfly chicken right was that last year or the year before that, i don't think it was that one mine was like a just it looked like a guy just like a <laughs> Like I literally have no idea if it was. I'll have to send you a picture of my badge, and you can yeah, tell me send me a picture because I don't remember. I because I I the vendor badges are different than the attendee badges, so I don't know because ah. okay. there's like there's like five or six different designs. Looks like Kano I'll send you a like picture nine or something like that. It looks like you did. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's everything from like VIP to attendee to Saturday only, Sunday only, uh, vendor like everyone like press. press. Everybody has a different yeah. badge. It's funny because uh, Gary, uh, Toy Chronicle Gary, <laughs> we were talking about VIP badges. He said he drunk bought three different ones, like a weekend, a Sunday, and a VIP. <laughs> and we were cracking up. He was like, you won't be laughing when you see that I get all these different Kano badges. He's like, I'm going to get one of each. But <laughs> it was cracking me up. But it'll be fun to see because I got VIP, so I'll be curious to see uh, which one is the the VIP one. I mean, it's cool. I really like the the Batman one. That's probably my favorite one. Spider Man's pretty cool too. Spider Man. But, um, but yeah, it is- one of my favorites is actually probably the redesign of Vincent, the uh, designer con mascot he did. I think that new design looks looks great. But what's fantastic about the badges? I think he did nine total. Is you look at them, and if, if if you're familiar at all with Kano's style, you know he did, you know, did them. There's there's no doubt about it. It's um, and that's what's cool about it. It's you can look at it and know who the artist is. They're really well done. They're really creative, and there's an obvious street flair to it, which is something you don't expect from the, you know, the hero universe at all. And I could actually see some of these being either a singular toy or 
or even a really nice minifigure series can come from them if a licensor allowed it. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll be selling like a print or something. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised they don't do that. I'm surprised that like they don't sit and whoever the artist is that feature for the badges, they also make figures of them at the same time. They should totally do that. Oh man. You'd have to plan that out so far in advance that there's yeah. no way Ben's gonna do that. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> saw Teresa Kano was still like coloring them all like the last maybe last week or two weeks ago. All right, fine. These, these artists Just aren't saying. on they're not on top of it that much. <laughs> What's one saying earlier? Like decon reveals don't come out until like three days before. It's like, oh hey, I'm gonna have this. And I'm like, damn it. Like I can't plan. Y'all got it. <laughs> You've seen enough custom events or like especially for following I artists know, on social media I know. where Everyone, like, the show's next week, but most artists are, like, working on it, like, the week of the show. So that's just how artists operate. And I'm sure most of them, most vendors of Decon are, like, sweating bullets right now, either trying to get all the product ready or waiting on product to come from overseas. Well, you don't have to do that. George does, I guess. You sweating bullets, George. Your uh, yeah, I should be working right now, not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. You know, well, I will say that well, you know, one nice thing to see about that thread is... Yeah, a lot of people were kind of down about the mashups and unlicensed and just licensing takeover designer toys. But then Frank Kozik, creative director over at Kid Robot, chimed in and he was trying to like be positive. He was saying that, yeah, Kid Robot, they've noticed and they've, they've realized, you know, they've seen this going on. And all he could say is between just three miniseries and in the current release or upcoming, they are producing nearly 40 unique sculpts, non-platform, non-licensed minifigure series and medium figures, as well as 75 Denny design, designs by artists. So it sounds like a lot of great things are going to be coming from Kid Robot that are going to be original artist-based, artist-driven designs. And he also mentioned um, there's well over 150 purely art releases and many more uh, coming. And since January 2015... They've uh, produced nearly 300 different art pieces. So to him, it sounds very healthy. And I agree. I, it was nice to see Frank chime in with some positivity because it's easy to see the negative and not pay attention to the positive. And I think there is still a lot of good stuff going on. And I feel like the this, this scene's stronger than it's been in five, you know, in five years at least. And I mean, things change, right? It's just like, I'm not going to, never think, ne- nothing's ever going to be like the 90s again, right? Like, Things change, things evolve, and I think the scene has just evolved. Now, granted, I I don't even know what it was like back when everyone talks about the good old days because I wasn't even probably a part of it during that time, and that's okay. I came in, I found stuff I liked, and still see stuff I like. I don't know. I just think sometimes people get so wrapped up in and being all, oh, it's so it's not the same, blah blah blah. But I'm like, well, it's not gonna stay the same. You got to just kind of roll with it. Yeah. It's just gonna it's gonna evolve. You don't like but, it? Just turn, turn I, I don't know. and I, look at something else. There's so much stuff in this designer toy scene that, I don't know, there's something for everybody. You don't have to, you know, why get your, you know, undies in a wad because someone else is doing something that you don't particularly agree with. It's, it's, there's so much other stuff. If you're into pop culture, yeah, there's definitely something for you. If you're not, then there's plenty of original stuff going on. I think there's just this category of artists that feel that, all artists should be doing stuff that's original and not springboarding off of maybe the easier pop culture route. Like they don't have a problem if someone's doing something properly licensed, but they will definitely see it selling out if you're doing fan art. And uh, I don't know. if I have no problem if someone's a true fan of something and they want to create fan art and you know sell various low runs of that. I, I, I personally don't have a problem with that. Um, 
they're giving that fan base something that the licensor themselves won't give them. And that I understand. And th- there's plenty of pieces that I have appreciated in that regard. But, you know, then there's the, the person who's doing unlicensed artwork that doesn't even care for the product. And they're simply doing it because it's an easy sell. And in, in that regard, if someone is doing that, then yeah, I would say they've completely sold out because not only are they not doing their original art, but they're also doing art of a product they also don't care for just to get a dollar. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a, again, there's a place for everything. I mean, I personally, I, I, you know, I understand and appreciate the ability to generate new ideas in like your own world. I, I personally don't have that skill. I, I don't know if I, I could ever do that. I could definitely appreciate it. Like, I don't know how you create your world of characters, Gary. I just, I don't know. It's like you somehow have some magic side of your brain that you're able to just pull ideas from. And I highly respect that. But I also think, honestly, I know you can just say, oh, like that mashup, I could have thought of that. But no. I didn't. Like, I look at some stuff, right? And I'm like, oh, like that wasn't that hard. But then I think, well, I didn't think of that. That was a cool idea. You know, like even simple mashups, I think sometimes can be really creative and fun and some like a cool little combination of stuff. So what percentage, what percentage of mashups do you actually think are good? Zero. (laughs) No, there's, there's, there's there's, surely there's been a few you've looked at and went, that's clever. Well done. Zero. Really? Really? And, and I have currently have one for sale right now. And I just remembered that. Uh, with I, I did one with special ed toys because I hadn't seen anybody do it and I was just like I'm just going to do it because I think it's funny and so if you go to specialedtoys.com you can look up my what about Barb figure <laughs> what about Barb Stranger Things starts tonight George uh, the 27th yeah so it started yeah. um, last Friday right from no. when we uh, recorded no midnight tonight it starts not mi- midnight actual tonight or midnight podcast tonight. No, the podcasts I'm recording. Oh, you're thinking backwards. <laughs> Damn it. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's you Monday are. when people are listening to this. See, you're a true pro, George. <laughs> and y'all just got me all confused. Yeah. So I if you go are fine. I don't know. So we're releasing the night that this is recording. Spoiler alert for people. Uh for just you two. The night this is recording, Manny is currently finishing painting the What About Barb figure, and it's gonna—he's gonna put the teasers up on the twenty-seventh, the day that it releases on on Netflix. And uh, we're doing—I think it's gonna be a run of twenty-seven pieces for the the date of the twenty-seventh that it's released. And we did the What About Bob Barb mashup. What about Barb? <laughs> okay. Fun. And it's and same. I'm putting that in the same category as what I just said of zero. None of them. Are oh good. my god, George. Uh, maybe I'm just. Maybe I just love it all. I don't know. No, there's some there's some good stuff. I think there's a lot of crap out there too. But that's what's crap to me is someone else's treasure. So I don't know. Whatever. Um, I but, mean, on my wall as I look around just this studio right here that I'm sitting in, I've got one. Two, three, four mashups. Um, like hang, like four mashup posters just hanging like framed on the wall. So like I obviously love that stuff. I like I'm a fan of that stuff, but I st- it's still all terrible. <laughs> sure. And a lot of it's really you're paying a lot of money for terrible. Do people okay when they buy the carded bootlegs, George? 
how many people actually ever take it out of the card? It seems like to me, like the card is part of the product. It's part of the art of it. Yeah. I mean, they're not uh, most of the time. And, and that's why I don't understand why some of these guys, like, uh, I think dollar slice bootlegs makes all his like actually articulated and everything. Like if you took it out, you could, you could pose it and play with it. I think on his, I'm trying to think he was the one that was doing it, but like, I don't No one like you should never like, the the whole point of the thing is the pe- like the whole piece of art is the whole package the the figure sealed in the blister like that's the art once you take it out you just got a crappy piece of resin like a crappy painted piece of resin so i yeah. think you should uh I, I don't know i think for me especially those the the action figure bootlegs is what i'm talking about here those things they're they're meant to be the art in itself is the whole thing it's the package design it's the the card you know the card art it's the figure i mean look at that stuff that uh what that uh dke put out at um san diego with with manly art it was uh i think the first one they did was a boba fett i think they might have done one after that or maybe boba fett was the second one but it was he painted he painted all the cards like all the the backer cards they were all hand painted boba fett images and then the thing inside the blister was just a dumb glitter casting of a boba fett there was nothing done to it it was just some random i think they were like a translucent green with glitter or something like that yeah that figure if you take that out it's nothing it's garbage it's a it's a it's someone learned how to mold and cast like it's it's completely pointless but the thing that makes the art is that thing sealed in the in the blister on this hand-painted backer card so is the toy always needed then, George? Like, do you need the toy in the blister for in, in every case of a bootleg? Like, what would happen if, say, like, Sucklor, like, he's, he does brilliant art backers. Like, what if he just did art backers without the toy? Would those sell? I tried to tell Manny to do that with this one. I was like, let's just forget the stupid figure. Like, the figure's the dumb part. Like, the, the card <laughs> the card is the funny part. Like, the card is the, the, the mashup image is the fun part. Like the act, the barb figure. Who nobody wants a barb figure. It's dumb. It's like you don't need that at all. So so, I don't know. I think that the like I think for that, like the funny part is the what about Bob mashup with Stranger Things. Now it's funny that you should mention Stranger Things and what about Barb because early I saw an email from Target. It was about Stranger Things, and I clicked on it and. Man, the the big difference between season one and season two of Stranger Things is now season two has tons of licensed products out there. So like Target.com is just, there's so much Stranger Things merchandise. But there was a section, George, and it said it was called the What About Barb section. And uh, and there it was, like all this, you know, Barb product. Is it is it done in the What About Bob font? No, this looks like Helvetica or something like that. It's just literally someone saying, what about Barb? It just says, what about Barb? And then there's all these different Barb products. And they're, well, you know, see, look at that. They're cool looking little uh, patches. So they got, man, so much Stranger Things product at Target. But yeah, I'll be watching tonight. <laughs> tonight? You're going to wait till midnight yeah, and stay up? Yeah, I'll watch, watch I'll watch one episode to, to wet my beak. You're nuts. And then hopefully I can just stop at one. You know how that it'll goes. Be, you yeah, start with right. you know it'll be there forever, right? It's always going to be on I know, there. I know, but come on. But George, that's the fun. The fun is like you get in and you just go. Did you, watch the, uh, did you buy the the Blu-ray? In the VHS looking packaging? No. Yeah. I don't know. I am not an owner. I don't. I feel zero need to own anything. I can just go on Netflix and watch it. I don't need to own a Blu-ray. I, I, 
No. I don't. Totally I, to me, that I get it. it. It's funny. It's an 80s twist. Stranger Things on a VHS packaging. It looks weathered and everything. I get it why someone might want that. But for me, I, 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 I read Tube. I, I, I have no need to ever buy another movie. Unless it's Did a you movie. say you read Tube? Red Tube? <laughs> What the heck's Red Tube? Did you YouTube. just say you Red Tube? I YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we got a Freudian Gary. slip there. I YouTube. Gary's on Red Tube. I YouTube. Uh, I you know I, I don't buy a movie. I can't remember the last movie I bought. It's probably like five six years ago. I think it was Step Brothers, and I didn't even buy it. It was gifted to me. Wow, that's crazy. I struggled real hard with this with this packaging. Like it all like. It almost got me. I didn't do it, but it, it was hard to not. It's brilliant, but what's the point? It's just going to sit on your shelf. Are you actually going to put it in the DVD player and watch it? I don't know why you would. It's easier to turn Netflix on. Exactly. Who does that? I'll do it for Redbox. Maybe Red, that's, that's what you meant. Redbox, YouTube, Redbox, YouTube, Redbox. YouTube. It's so confusing. <laughs> There's one time I bought... Um, Hey listeners, go go to RedTube while you're while we're while you're listening to this. <laughs> there was a time when Please I Please don't, you're gonna get some virus. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time I bought um what it was I was at I was at work and we had Reese's peanut butter cups, but for some reason I had Reese's pieces on my mind. And I yelled, like I yelled to a coworker, Hey, give me some Reese's penises. And all it was was <laughs> and all that was was just my mind like thinking of the two products and just mash the two words together and Reese's penises came out and, and everyone got an amazing laugh. But to me, like my mind, I didn't get it. I thought I just said like Reese's pieces. Like I, I didn't hear myself say it until someone else told me like, you know what you just said, right? So you realize they now, you know, they make Reese's with Reese's pieces in them now, now. Like you can buy Reese's pieces filled. Oh wait, Reese's filled with Reese's pieces. Can we stop with the mashup candy? It's delicious. Mashups are in, Gary. So... Just, we just talked about it, it for half I hour. I know. It's, it's it's yes, but Gary, they're so good. Mm. It's so good. People can hate, but they are my favorite Reese's right now. <laughs> the Reese's pieces in the Reese's, the best. Highly recommend. Get the little cups. Stick them in the freezer. Mm. I don't like how you say Reese's. It's Reese's. Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Do you really think the word is pieces? It's Reese's pieces. No, Reese's pieces is what I've always said. What's wrong with you? Yeah, but that's wrong. (laughs) Reese's pieces. It's what I've always said. But you know the word's not pieces, right? (laughs) I know it's not pieces. It's pieces. Do you have pieces pieces of candy? No. I'm totally having actually a moment because I always thought it was weird that the singular was Reese's. No, wait. Is it Reese's or Reese's? It's Reese's pieces. (laughs) By itself, just the cup, not the pieces. It's Reese's. I thought it was was Reese's, like the name of the product. And so I always thought it was Reese's pieces. (laughs) To rhyme. I'm seriously having a moment here. <laughs> Consider yourself enlightened. You're welcome. So Reese's Pieces. Oh, my God. It still I rhymes. Like a Look at that. For my whole life. 
I've always said Reese's Pieces. All right, I need to go to bed. This is insane. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, we, we have a game to play. So it is, it is Halloween um, this week, and so I put together this game is called Monster Mash, and what I have done is taken a lot of, uh, you know, Halloween-ish monster-type toys, and I've taken two toys, mashed the names together, and I want you guys to tell me which two artists would have made that toy. All right. Wait, it? now are these things that actually happened or are these things that we're inventing? No, these toys are actually in existence and I've taken the names of existing toys, mashed the names together or parts of the name and to make one toy. And then you have to tell me which two artists collaborated to make this toy. Wait, is this the old game and you're bringing it back to trick me because I don't remember things? <laughs> God, you were awful at that game, but yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is that this is that same game. Is it the same one though, or did you write new ones? Um, I think there might be one of, you know, I don't remember what those ones were, but I feel like maybe one or two of them might be the same. I'm not sure. <laughs> Damn it! That's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm still gonna fail. So Gary, oh. are we like taking turns or what? First to guess. Um. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Buzz in. Yeah, buzz in. Ready? I got I think I got twelve. Whoever has the most points at the end of twelve wins. In say your room. name to buzz in. No, I just want to say buzz. <laughs> and you win nothing. So what's your buzz what's your buzz noise, George? You can't just say your name. You gotta make a noise. That's how they do it on radio games. You say your name to buzz in. <laughs> I, that's not me. I'm not I didn't make that noise. <laughs> I'm making it I'm making noises. <laughs> George would be like buzz <laughs> George alright are you guys ready to play yes Do it. this is Monster Mash number one which two artists collaborated to make the toy Crawless Companion <laughs> Crawless Companion Crawless uh, where's Tyler? <laughs> well, he was terrible. He was terrible at it too. I know. I miss him. <laughs> what? Uh, see, I, I don't, and I don't have like the history of like the game, the original, to like have that to kind of piggyback on. All but, right. Like, so it's, it's, it's obviously bad. Cause is one of the artists, George. I'm saying the Cause, and then I don't know what a Crawless is though. Crawless. Okay. Teresa, you want to bounce off of that? Crawless. Can you spell that? K R A W L U S S. Crawless. Oh, I have no idea. Should I know? Skinner. Is this Correct, George. This is a collaboration between Skinner and Cause. Yes. Nicely done. The companion obviously is Cause, and uh, Crawless was a Skinner toy. One point for George. He probably will not, not get another one, so <laughs> off to a roaring start. All right, number two. Which two artists collaborated to make this toy? The Kilkeen Cat Corpse. Kil say that first name again, Kilkeen? Who, yeah, which two artists collaborated to make the Kilkeen Cat Corpse? Kill King. Cat Corpse. Who's the Kill Cat? 
Man, Gary, this is tough. <laughs> I feel dumb. Well, I don't it's, know. It's obviously King. It's King Corpse is one of them. I don't know who the kill cat is though. Oh, it's oh, so it's like mixed. I was thinking, you know, like Jeopardy, how like they do mashups, but like the first word is goes with one and the second goes with the other. You like okay? Now I'm understanding your system. Truth, okay. I don't believe okay. you watch. I don't believe you watch Jeopardy. You've been saying Reese's Pieces your entire <laughs> oh, life. Shit, <laughs> Gary, come on now. Don't judge a book by its okay. cover. I like George, Jeopardy. Andrew Bell and and James Groman. Is James Groman the guy that made King Corpse? Wow, nicely are, done. Are you cheating, George? Are you googling? No. You no. cheater! He, you stay off the fig- internet. He just figured it out. <laughs> Yep. James <laughs> I didn't know the kill cat. I didn't know the kill cat. I got the James Groman part. Which is hilarious no, because we were we were talking about the kill cat last week. So kill cat. Oh, the, the kit cat thing. Yeah. Right. I was picturing a cat. No. I was picturing yeah, a cat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I thought it was C-A-T, not K-A-T. All yeah, right. I I'm got you. That, I love the kill cat. What am I saying? I got yep. it, guys. Well done. No more cheating, George. Unappreciate. No help. No lifelines. No phone a friend. None of that nonsense. All right. Well, now that you understand the game, maybe we'll get different now. I got two points, though. Two points for George. (laughs) Number three. Which two artists made this toy? The Scared Snibora Silly. Uh, Now you're just saying nonsense. Snibora. Oh, booze. Snibora is Chris Raniak. Yep. What, what, and the scared silly, wait, say it again. Scared Snibora silly. Scared silly. Scared silly. Shoot. I was going to say serious silly K, but that doesn't make any sense. What is scared silly? What's a Snyboris? Snyboris, that like, um, the thing that they did with Rotofugi and Squibbles Inc. It's like the lizardy kind of water creature that Chris Ronnie yeah. <laughs> Shoot, scared silly. Oh, I'm disappointed, I like, Teresa. I I know I need to. Oh, the bots. The bots. Well done. Boom. So, so the bots' recent uh, Halloween Dunny series is called Scared Silly, and then of course, you guys already mentioned it. Chris Reiniak and uh, Squibbles Inc. produced Snibora. Can I say how much I love that that Halloween series? Oh, yes, yeah. it's adorable. It's awesome, right? So it looks so good. Have you, I have not you have seen a... it in person. Have you seen it in person? I haven't because freaking Ben didn't order them. I was like, "Did you get these or not?" And he was like, "No." I saw him on the site. And I was like, "Did you get these?" He's like, "No." I was like, "Why not? They're awesome." He's like, "Uh, eh. no." He, he can't buy based on what he likes. He's got to buy. That's for all his he customers. does. He, uh, that's Ben. Have you not met him? He just does <laughs> what he likes. George, can you guess which my favorite is? You should know. It's pretty obvious. Of the of the scared silly. Of the, yes. Have you seen the full set? It should I mean, be glaringly I saw the picture, obvious. But I don't know what the. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the picture. Go ahead, Gary. On the next one, I'll pull up the picture while you're doing it. Okay. So the next you're going to hold. The score is. If you don't two, get it, I'm going to be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> which which two artists produced the Skelvshard? Skelv shard. Oh, oh, biz. The shard. <laughs> the shard is Scott Tolson. 
And the scalp is Brent Peters. Well done. All tied up, 2 2. <laughs> Teresa, your new buzz sound is pieces. Pieces. <laughs> Fine. You all can't. Di- I give you this episode and this episode only to make fun, and then we drop it. <laughs> okay. Because more than like, although more than likely, if you were to hand me some or bring them up, I will probably totally forget and call it Reese's Pieces. So. Oh. <laughs> All right, so I'm looking it's at the just, pieces, and yes. all you like is cute, but they're all cute. But, I mean... There's a standout in the cute realm, though. Would it be the puke and pumpkin guy? I mean, that would... But I don't know if you'd like puking. Would it be that pink one with the happy face? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's the one, right? It's, yep. It's the pink one. Isn't oh, that one. It's like glaringly like obvious? That's my least favorite one out of, of all of them. Well, buy a case and give me the pink. I just want the puking <laughs> pumpkin one. See, I don't like the puking. I just don't. Because I also didn't like the, the, the rainbow one that was puking. It's just the puking. I just yeah, don't. He's, he's puking pumpkin. That's funny. I don't. Did you know that the pumpkin comes apart, George, so you can take the figure out and put other dunnies in it? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So that's I, the I I just think it's really cool, like the accessories, and we're kind of diverting, but like the witch, how it's like on a broom that floats, and yeah, uh, it's like the really little, nice set. Yeah, it's fun. And so I like I, the little sculpted. Yeah. I like the new the new head, like the sculpted head with the little fur and everything. Yeah, I think it. it, it I think it's similar. I don't know if it's the exact same sculpt. I think it is from the um, DTA series that they did with Gary. Uh, I think it's the same monstery sculpt head from that, just repurposed for the series. I think, um, oh, cool. but yeah, I like I like that they add a few details. I still personally feel like nothing can trump the bots custom style, just because of the polymer clay and the texture and the way they do it. But I think their designs translate really well to vinyl as well. So I love their stuff. I've always loved their stuff. I actually own a few of their customs. So all right, Gary. Are you, you guys are all tied up. Question five. Two, two. Two, two. Question five. Which two artists collaborated to make this toy? The Grease Bat Boy. Uh, the Grease Bat Boy. I know the uh, Grease Bat, but I don't know what the boy part is. Or Bat Boy. Grease Bat. And Bat. Are you Googling? No. <laughs> Sound like it. No, it sounded like you were typing I'm, as you said it. No, I'm literally, that's how my, my brain is computing, okay? <laughs> I don't know who Bat, Bat Boy Bat Are you talking Bat Boy like the Funko? Nope. They, like the old newspaper Bat Boy? Nope. Okay. I mean... The only... I'm gonna call a friend. Oh, uh, PCs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's Jeff Lamb. Is Bat Boy? Um... Shoot, I was thinking of something else. I was thinking of a uh, Harley Quinn, but that's not right. I don't know, Bat Boy, or Bat. Oh, is it? Uh, is it? Guana uh, spoons. Mm, close. Good guess. Oh, I know what you're thinking about. I know what character your your mind went to. 
Is it? I, um, I just know he made a bat figure. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> it's not you, is it, Gary? For Hermes? <laughs> no, I mean these are these are the names Churches? of of the actual toys. One, okay, the, that's what both I of it. So the first toy is Grease Bat, and the second toy is Bat Boy. Bat Boy. I feel stupid. I feel like it's going to be something stupid, but I don't. It's not like... Time's up. So you had it right, George. <laughs> the first one, Grease Bat, was done by Jeff Lamb. And the second one is Bat Boy, done by Brian Flynn of Super 7. Oh, the little mummy? No, the little Bat oh, Boy. Oh, oh, you know what? I oh almost gosh, said I freak... Super 7. I freaking have that toy. I have a little mini one. The oh. little mini glow in the dark one. All right. Oh, I think it was just too simple of a name. You guys are still tied at 2-2. Two, two. Question six. Which two artists collaborated to make the toy the Boo Bear Blank? Say the name again. Boo Bear Blank. Oh, Boo Bear. Oh, PCs. Uh, <laughs> the Blank Hucky and uh, Andrea Kang. Correct. Um, King. Well, wow, look Woo! who just took the lead. Three Except two. we have uh, Wheel of Fortune rules and you mispronounce his name, so I get to go. <laughs> Hush. Is it G or G? Kang or Kong? No idea. I, I feel terrible. I apologize to the listeners for failing, but I still got it. A point. Woo! All right. So uh, you got three. George, you got two. Next one. Which two artists collaborated on making this toy? The Serial Calaveritas. George. Uh, Ron English and the Beast Brothers. Nicely done. Tall tied up. George, you can't just say your name. Gary, make him say something fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make George do anything. No one can make George do anything. <laughs> you have to say Calabunga. No That's way. In the oh, gosh. Fine. Be grumpy, old Gary or George. You can be all George. And I'll keep saying pieces. I'll say I'll say pieces. I'll say it the right way. Okay. <laughs> all right. Next one, all tied up at three three. The next one is which two artists made this toy? Gloomy divination. Uh, 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 I don't know who made. I don't know who made Gloomy Bear. Yeah, there's an artist behind Gloomy Bear. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was Gloomy Bear, and then I know the other one, but shoot. Who makes gloomy? Well, I'll just say PCs. <laughs> Glo- gloomy made by gloomy and J. Rue. And George. I mean, pieces. <laughs> uh, Maury Chalk and J. Rue. Well done. Did you look that up? No. <laughs> Did Jess look that up? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no point. No point, you rule breaker. I'm a rebel. I'm a winner, you guys. We win. Yellow card. Yellow card. <laughs> All right. Um, George, 4-3. All right, next one. Which two artists made this toy? The Ice Scream Oracle. Well, the first one is easy. Oh, PCs. Uh, stop laughing. It's what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh sad salesman yep and then 
Ice cream. Ah, oh, shoot. I was going to say Buff Monster. No. But then. Nope. Oh, I got is... it. Can I buzz in? Give no. Her, give her it... five more seconds. Uh, uh, Ryan Rutherford. Nice. She pulled that out at the last second. Yep. Ice Cream Man by Ryan Rutherford. And uh, Sad Salesman did the Dessert Oracle. We're all tied up. I at, knew it was all either. tied up at four. I was, I was wondering because I was like, it's either the ice cream from Buff or the like ice cream cone skull. But uh, Buff's is up. called Melty Misfit, so. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I knew it was an ice cream guy, but cool. Okay. Okay. I got two left, and George, I think it was, this is actually reused from the last game. Uh oh. So here we go. Which Scott two? Tolson and a man and a man of cell. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who made this one? <laughs> Uh, Stephen the Mockbat. Stephen the Mockbat. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know these guys' names. Teresa? This isn't fair to you. You're giving George an advantage, repeating stuff he's heard. <laughs> you think that's an advantage? That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mockbat sounds like bonus spoons. Or one of them, maybe. Is it, maybe it's I'll make it, it. Uh, is it Doc, Doc A and Paul Kaiju? No. You both put your two answers together and one of you will get it right. What is spins in uh, the second one George said? Paul Kaiju. Paul Kaiju. <laughs> half a point each. Half a point each. Yeah, four and a half each. So yeah, Stephen the Bat by Buona Spoons and Mock Bat by Paul Kaiju. This is the tiebreaker, folks. Tiebreaker, here we go. Which two artists collaborated on this toy, The Possessed Omen? This PCs. Course. And shit. I don't know what possessed is. You want to share the half a point? We'll go out on a tie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, Luke Chu? Damn it. Well done! <laughs> oh my god! Congratulations. <laughs> George, have you ever won a game? No, I don't think so. <laughs> that was actually really close, though. It was. You Not really. Were... I cheated on all the ones I got. Which is George. Except for one of them, I think. One of them I knew. <laughs> <laughs> which, you got the, uh, which one was that? The Skell Shard? That was me. Oh, that was you. Which one did George get? It was the Beast Brothers one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you got that one pretty fast. All right, so yeah, Teresa wins. This is the end of our Halloween episode. Not bad. So I wish you uh, guys a happy Halloween. Be safe. I liked your guys' costumes. They were really cool. Thanks. <laughs> be on the be on the lookout for my dog's costume, not mine. I I don't typically I don't typically do the whole dress up my dog thing, but I found something really cute in the dollar spot at Target. So she's got a little outfit this year. I got mine from RedTube. <laughs> <laughs> of course <Gross>. she did. <laughs> All right. So I wish you guys a uh, happy Halloween. This is going to be, let's just wrap this up and uh, be safe out there. So next week yeah. we do decon talk. Yeah. Next week, hopefully some people will release some news and uh, we'll just do a whole entire decon episode. I'll really, I'll tell you all about what I'm going to have there. Nice. We'll, we'll continue yeah, well, with uh, Decon 101, see if we missed anything on that. 
Yeah, confirm. Uh, we can confirm uh, Marsham group meetup plans and uh, our pin for wearing a T-shirt giveaways and some of that kind of stuff. So we can. Fill so if anyone if anyone has any questions about decon related things, except for can you get me this, write in to us. Let us know. Yeah. And I, I totally forgot we had listener questions, but we will we will bring up the listener questions next week. Nice. I think that's good. Yep. So, yeah. Teresa, why don't you let everyone know that where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. Teresa Hawkins, uh, if you want to find me, um, I'm on Instagram, tmhawk24. George. Instagram is double G toys. I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at superham.com or Gary Ham on Instagram. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. So, until our next transmission. We're signing off. We're signing off. I'm going to go get some Reese's Pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious.